At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. This is the Denver City Cast with Holden Kushner, presented by Bet Rivers. Hey, it's Holden with Vison. It is the Denver City Cast presented by Bet Rivers. Got a big show for you. Front Range for the top four stories on the Front Range. We're going to talk some nuggets with MPJ and Jamal Murray, maybe on the way back here. College Hoops recap from around the area Colorado State, Colorado, big wins over the weekend, and both the Mountain West Conference and Pac 12 Conference tournament odds are out on Bet Rivers. Aaron Rodgers, the latest on him and his future. And then why the Rockies owner Dick Monfort it has a big, big stake in the baseball lockout. Now, I'm hoping by the end of the day, the lockout is over. So after the show is done, they announce something, but I still think it's going to take a little while. We'll get to that in a minute. Plus, Eric Moody, ESPN, he's going to give us four good bets from the NBA. And then Joel Rush, who covers the Nuggets, is going to join us. He covers the Nuggets for Forbes. We'll talk to him about being a Nuggets reporter based in Japan. Okay, here we go. Nuggets, MPJ, Jamal Murray, are they coming back? The Nuggets bench, looking better. Um, the Nuggets futures, let's get into that. But first, there's a strong sense, and this is from The Athletic, strong sense within the Nuggets locker room that Jamal Murray and Michael Porter Jr. could be back in time for the playoffs, if not sooner, and Porter could be back in late March, mid to late March. That was according to Porter's agent. Now, Murray's timeline, a little bit harder to, to, to find out. His teammates think that he's going to return in time for the playoffs, but the Nuggets are handling it so, so carefully. We'll see if it happens. They're handling these final stages with, quote-unquote, the utmost care. That's, again, from The Athletic. And, and Jokic had something to say about Murray recently. He says he can't wait to come back at the end just because of how competitive he is. He's traveling with us. He's with us, so I think he's in a good spot. You know, that to me sounds like Mr. Murray could be back too, and you just don't know how long it's going to take for him to get back into the flow of things, get the conditioning back. But my goodness, if they can get him back a couple weeks before the end of the regular season, all of a sudden, you know, for a team that earlier in the year we were talking about possibly missing even the play-in game, hmm, there's a lot of people jumping on the nuggets right now. They are plus 3,300 to win it all. That would be 33 to 1. 1,400 to win the West, 14 to 1, and plus 550 to win the division, the Northwest. Uh, also, their team win total, which I recommended, what was that, a week and a half ago? Uh, that was at 47 and a half at minus 110, and now over 48 and a half minus 160. So these things will fluctuate. 
Uh, if the Nuggets lose a game, obviously the win total will come down. They win a game, it keeps going up. But like I said, you know, I did my own research. I compared that with 538's advanced numbers. And I said, you know what? They're probably gonna win 49, 50 games. So I would not get in on this. I would wait. Um, we'll see if the Nuggets can, can keep this going here. And I think that they are. Uh, why? Well, since December 26th, when the Nuggets had a game against the Clippers, they were 15 and 16. Since then, 20 and nine, league's fifth best rating, net rating in the league. Okay, number two on the front range for college hoops recap. And we have the Mount West tournament and Pac-12 tournament odds that have been dropped. Boise State, okay, they're at CSU Saturday night. Huge game for both sides um, if Boise cannot beat Nevada tonight because Boise is going to win the conference outright if they beat Nevada. CSU is two games behind in the loss column. They're one game behind in the win column. So, again, root for Nevada tonight. If they can beat Boise, then the conference championship is going to be on the line Saturday night when these two teams play, and that would be spectacular, especially since I'm still sitting on that plus 800 ticket for CSU to win. Now, the Mount West Conference Tournament odds are available at Bet Rivers, and I think there's a couple of interesting notes here. First of all, Boise State is the favorite at plus 250. Um, if they end up winning these last two games, that thing will probably sit at about two to one instead of two and a half to one. Uh, CSU is at plus 600, so that's six to one. <laughs> to win the Mountain West, they just can't run into UNLV. Uh, but I like their chances if they don't. You know, they played well uh, against Wyoming, two tough games. Wyoming's kind of tanking right now. Oof, not looking good there. Um, we'll see what happens against Boise. They look good against Boise. And these, uh, this game on Saturday night should be absolutely bananas. The other team that I think is interesting here, plus 550 is UNLV. And they've had problems with Boise and San Diego State. That, to me, is the biggest issue with them. They are playing at home, though. And they're a pretty good team. They obviously need to run through the tournament to make the tournament. They need to run through the conference tournament to make the big dance. But I must say, uh, UNLV... I'll throw them on the list, at least somebody I'm looking at. Now, Boise, the favorite. I'm probably not going to bet a favorite in a conference tournament unless, you know, the price is much better. Minimum three to one. Um, and then on the Colorado side, let's talk about the Buffs for a second. I mean, what a win against the second-ranked team of the nation, Arizona. And you deserve to storm the floor if you beat the number two team in the nation. Because let's face it, Colorado has been mercurial to say the least. Was it last week I had a bet on them, and it was against a it was against a middle of the pack, middle of the pack um, team, and they went out and they lost. Hmm, interesting. Then they come out and they beat up the second ranked team in the nation. So let me go back here. What was the game? Oh, it's Arizona State. You remember that Colorado is a I think a nine or a ten point favorite. Arizona State came in after they were on a five-game win streak, were the Buffs, and they beat them 82-65. And again, you just say to yourself, what the hell is going on with this team? Why are they losing to these bad teams after going on a roll? Well, 79-63 over Arizona. You know, maybe instead of having to win the Pac-12 tournament, if they can make a run to the championship game, 
then they can make the big dance. I still think they're going to need to run the table there. Now, Arizona, they are the favorite, plus 115. Not going to bother betting that. UCLA, plus 175. By the way, at a plus 115, you're probably better off betting the money line on Arizona than the plus 115 there. UCLA plus 175, again, not worth it. Colorado 40 to one, plus 4,000, 4,000 to win the Mountain West Conference. Number three on the front range four, let's do some Aaron Rodgers. Ian Rappaport, NFL Network. He says the Packers and Rodgers agents are working on a deal should he decide to stay in Green Bay, okay? Rappaport said nothing's done, but they're having discussions. So these discussions really not just for Aaron Rodgers coming back to the team. The discussions have to include Aaron Rodgers either retiring or demanding a trade. So for this, it's more does he come back to the Packers or do we build a package to try and get him traded where he wants to be traded? Also, short-term deal, $50 million has been floated out there, and I'm sure that is from the agents for Aaron Rodgers, but he's going to make, he's probably going to be the highest paid player in the league on a one-year deal for Aaron Rodgers. And that's what it's going to take for the Broncos, too. Give up equity or give up uh, players and pay them a ton of money. 50 mil sounds crazy, is crazy. I think that's what he gets. Number four on the front range four, Rockies owner Dick Monfort. Did you know that he's the chairman of the league's labor committee? And the labor committee sets the bargaining strategy with Major League Baseball's Rob Manfred, the commissioner. Interesting. So he's running all this. He's the man that is leading the owner's side in these negotiations. Rob Manfred, obviously, you know, he's the one that gets the proposals, brings it back to the owners. The owners have to vote on it back and forth. But I think it's interesting. Horrible organization, uh, great ballpark, great time to go to the games. But Dick Monfort, hmm, Rockies owner, leading this thing up. Anyways, here's the latest on MLB's proposals and talks, uh, the big things that need to happen still before we have a deal. And again, I hope when you're listening to this, by the time this comes out, there is a deal. I still think they're a ways apart. Anyways, player leadership. So the union, that's the players, said that Rob Manfred changed his approach. He wants a deal. They say he wants a deal now. They negotiated for almost 17 hours yesterday. The deal would include a postseason expansion to 12 teams. MLB wanted 14 originally. And the players dropped their demands for expanded arbitration eligibility. So what that means, arbitration eligibility, instead of playing for three years and getting a big-time raise and having a judge decide how much you should really make, they're saying, okay, we, we wanted it to go after the first year, and the owner said no, and then the, the union just said, forget about it. We'll move on to something else. We'll get another one of our issues taken care of. Now, the biggest money issue is a competitive balance tax. I know it's a little boring. It's called a luxury tax, and the players believe that the thresholds, the numbers, have created payroll caps so that the owners don't want to spend a certain amount of money so they don't pay this luxury tax. Now, the interesting thing from the owner's side is, is that the luxury tax only affects one or two teams max, okay? But 
I guess they're bringing up the point, what about a, a, a middle of the market team that they want to go over this tax and, and the players just don't want it. It's like, leave it open. You can spend as much money as you want. Let's do the wild, wild west. The owners don't want to do that. The players are also doing a lot of this for the next generation. They want to increase minimum salaries for big league players. So that would be immediate, but the players want to have more young players reach free agency sooner. And we'll see, maybe there's a draft lottery as well so that teams stop tanking. I don't know if that's ever possible, but the deadline, three o'clock mountain time on Tuesdays. The original deadline of yesterday, five o'clock Eastern, three o'clock our time, came and went. It was an artificial deadline. The new artificial deadline, three o'clock mountain time today. Next on the Denver CityCast, presented by Bet Rivers, Joel Rush, ah, yes, Nuggets reporter for Forbes, joins me to talk about the state of the team on the Denver CityCast, presented by Bet Rivers. Being a homer has its perks at Bet Rivers Sportsbook. Every day, Bet Rivers offers a special hometown discount on parlays involving local teams. To get your hometown discount, just open the Bet Rivers Sportsbook app and check the daily specials to place your bet on a unique parlay with hometown teams and players. Then root, root, root for the home team and win together. Bet today on the Bet Rivers Sportsbook app or go to betrivers.com. Must be 21 and located in Colorado. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 522 4700. For more real-time relevant sports betting news and information, listen to VEASAN in Denver on Altitude Sports 950. VEASAN, the sports betting network, is on the air in Denver. Listen to relevant real-time sports betting news and information on Denver's Altitude Sports 950. Follow the money, a numbers game, Lombardi line, my guys in the desert, the nightcap, and much, much more from VEASAN. The Sports Betting Network, on the air in Denver, on Altitude Sports 950. The Denver CityCast, presented by Bet Rivers, Holden Kushner with you, and Joel Rush, who covers the Nuggets for Forbes, joining us, a Denver native. You know what's interesting, Joel, is that you are in Japan, you can watch all the Nugget games and over three quarters of Denver cannot watch the Nugget game. So congratulations going halfway across the world and being able to do something most people in Denver can't do. Way to go. Thank you. Uh, yeah, that, that whole Comcast altitude situation is really a travesty and they've got to resolve that soon. It's a joke that, you know, we've got the MVP on our hands and Nobody can watch him in the local area. It's just ridiculous. Yeah, more people in Japan probably watch the Nuggets because we get the worst TV ratings in the league now. Did you see that? 0.19? I did. Yeah, you've got one of the best teams in the league. You've got the best player in the league, and nobody can watch him. It's amazing. So Yeah, nobody can watch them legally, at least. Yeah, no one can watch them legally. <laughs> exactly. So let's get into this here uh, with the Nuggets. This team sure. obviously carried by the guy that I think is the best player in the league. Every time I'm on the national show, I bring it up. And you know what? I don't get as much pushback as I thought. Um, what kind of a season is Jokic having when you compare it to the all-time great performances? Because the more I look at it, the more I see – that he has made this team when he's on the floor one of the best teams of all time right right and i think you know i am not the greatest nba historian in the world but um 
I think one measuring stick for Jokic is like, it seems like about once every four or five games or so, he breaks some kind of record that was previously held by Wilt Chamberlain. And like, anytime you do a search for like, who has accomplished like, you know, 25 points, 13 rebounds, and you know, however many assists, he's the only guy in NBA history, like, He's just like shattering these statistical records left and right. And, you know, the Nuggets are sixth in the conference. It's hard to say, you know, um, you know, until until he gets a championship, it's hard to raise that bar too much higher. But in terms of individual accomplishments, um, he's just, you know, kind of shattering records. And it's pretty unbelievable. It really is. So, Joel, let's get to a couple other guys that could be returning. Um, You've got Michael Malone saying that Michael Porter Jr. um, don't believe anything that doesn't come from the club, but you got his agent saying that he's on the way back. And normally, you know, I would take Michael Malone's word on this, but I don't in this instance, you know, if the agent's saying he's close to coming back now, the Nuggets are going to have the final decision on that. I don't know much about the status of Jamal Murray. I don't think anybody does, but can you talk to me about your thoughts on Porter Jr. coming back, how that, would boost this team and I have a hard time thinking he would be a starter and then the potential return of Murray. So MPJ and Murray, your thoughts. Yeah, I I think Porter's coming back soon. Um, I think Malone is just kind of hedging and also the Nuggets organization in general tends to loathe, you know, releasing injury information until guys are like ready to go and out on the court. So, uh, I think that's just kind of institutional practice in a way, but, um, but, you know, I I think it was on Instagram just a few days ago, Mike said like, Hey, I'll see you in Grand Rapids, (laughs) you know, like by all indications, like he's gearing up to go. Um, So I, I, and it's coming, like you said, directly from his agent. Um, I think we'll see him soon, but I agree with you that he won't be starting to at least to start with. That's what I wanted to ask you. We get to Murray too, but like the bench has been better. We're going to get into that, but I would love to see him coming off the bench with that second unit. And really given the amount of time he's missed, like how can you run him out there with a ton of minutes? So the return of Porter Jr. To me, extraordinarily important from the side that the bench, which has actually been better lately is going to get a massive boost. Yeah. And you know, I think they're just going to be extremely cautious with him. I, th- I think we'll see, you know, pretty severe minutes restrictions. Um, and, and that's part of the reason why I think he'll come off the bench is just they don't want to throw him out there too quickly and, you know, risk re-injury or anything like that. Um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see who he replaces on the bench because the way things have been going recently, as you said, they've been playing better with uh, – DeMarcus and Jamichael and Austin Brin and Bones, like that's become the pretty much set five group bench unit. And uh, Malone has pretty specifically named them as such. So who gets displaced out of that will be interesting to see. I imagine it's either Brin or Austin, but um, you know, it'll be part part of that bench identity. um, And Malone was talking about this recently is toughness and, you know, the kind of, grit and grind, if you will, of Jermichael and DeMarcus out there bringing that kind of attitude and toughness and stuff. So uh, that's not exactly Mike, you know, um, like he's more finesse and he's more the pure shooter kind of type. So, uh, and, you know, not really known for his defense. So it'll be interesting to see how that meshes. Yeah. And Murray, we just don't know. 
again. And Murray's not a guy you're going to sit there and bring off the bench if he comes back. Like maybe you can work him in there, but if Jamal Murray is back this season, Jamal Murray is getting run out there by the playoffs. They would probably hope to have him full go for the by the playoffs, right? Like you can't bring Jamal Murray back and do nothing. I would agree. Um, apparently, when he got COVID, that was a pretty big setback to his rehabilitation and the whole process of you know getting back on track. So um, some of this comes from uh, Matt Moore of the Action Network on the Lockdown podcast. But uh, basically, it was somewhat anticipated he might be back maybe by the end of February. But now that's looking more bumped to the end of March, maybe at the soonest, which is not too much ramp up time. So uh, We'll have to see how they manage that. But um, I, I do think he'll be back, though. Um, <laughs> nobody's you know, more eager to get back, for sure, than Jamal himself. Uh, he'll be chomping at the bit to get out there. So Joel Rush, at Joel Rush NBA, covers the Nuggets for Forbes. You did a film study on DeMarcus Cousins, as long as we're talking about the bench. And, of course, the correlation there, what are they, 10-0 and 0 when he plays? That's obviously going to come to an end at some point in time. But for Boogie, you know, here's a guy that a lot of teams have given up on. Michael Malone doesn't want to give up on him. What has he brought to this team? What did you see on film? Well, one thing is the toughness I just mentioned. Um, he definitely just – I mean, both in terms of his physical stature and size, you know, like he consumes a lot of space out there. and He sets these great screens for, you know, guys like Brandon Austin and Bones to run off of and – you know, open up good looks for them. He's also like, they haven't had a playmaking backup center like him since Mason Plumlee, really, um, who was a, you know, very competent passer in his own right. But um, he's out there with, I believe, according to cleaning the glass, he's in the 94th percentile of um, assist rate um, among centers. So, you know, he's out there moving the ball, he's uh, keeping the flow going and, rebounding like he, he's just bringing in one sense he's kind of cleaning up some loose ends but in another one he's like adding a new dimension that they didn't really have a true center all season uh backing up Nicola so um he's doing a lot really uh if you see that film study I think I did six different videos on different you know skills that he's providing and uh it's a pretty you know complete package that he has brought and Malone loves him he 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 wastes no opportunity to say any chance he gets that he loves DeMarcus. And um, I think he'll get the most out of him if anybody can. Yeah. And, and Joel, so going forward with this team, the impending return of Porter, the uh, ascension of Boogie Cousins, as far as the, the playing time and the production, once he's on the floor, Brent Forbes, who I still think needs to be uh, part of this team, even when the other guys are coming back. What is the ceiling for this team in your estimation if Porter comes back off the bench, if Murray can come back, and all these guys trying to mesh in a short period of time? What is the ceiling for this Nuggets team? I mean, it so much depends on what percent of their former selves Murray and Porter are because, um, you know, if Jamal is 90% of his former self and so is Mike, then – I would say there is no ceiling because uh, we've seen like when <clears throat> when the trade for uh, Aaron Gordon happened last year, they were just on a total rampage, demolishing everybody in their path. Um, 
for I think it was only eight games until Jamal went down with his ACL injury. Um, but you know, they looked like world beaters at that time, and there's no reason to think that they couldn't become that again. Chemistry, notwithstanding, you know, just reintegrating these guys is going to be, you know, that that'll be a process, and how long that process takes, and how quickly they gel together in their new form. Uh, will determine a lot as well. But um, if those guys are actually back and healthy, then, I mean, I, I would say conversely that they're not getting through Phoenix. I don't think if Jamal is, say, 40% of himself, you know, yeah. like um, there, there's going to be some walls that they'll have to hammer through. And uh, if they're not completely healthy and like back up to speed, then I think some of those will stop them. But just a couple more things with you. I saw a tweet a couple days ago, and you said in the last two months, the Nuggets are seventh in net rating, 10th in offensive rating, 11th in defensive rating. Okay. The defensive rating to me is interesting because they've come a long way. Like we saw this defense struggle at times early in the season. Um, so really when you look at these ratings, this is a tremendous team. And you mentioned they've missed two of their three best players um, this season. Like, what have you noticed from them defensively? Has Cousins really changed things in the limited minutes that he's there? Because to me, from the eye test, this is a much better team now on that side of the ball than they were early on in the season. Yeah, I think Cousins has clearly made a big impact. And Austin Rivers as well. He's been doing a great job defensively. Um, you know, with, I, I did tweet recently that we've kind of seen him improving as a defender, you know, before our eyes this season. Um he was, you know, chasing around Steph Curry when they beat the Warriors just before going into the All-Star break. And, uh, you know, he's not like a real lockdown guy per se, but, you know, there's a lot of tenacity on that um, bench lineup, you know, between Jermichael, DeMarcus, Austin, like there's a lot of scrap and fight and kind of grit there. Um, and I think, you know, the impact of Aaron Gordon overall <coughs> um, for that starting unit, and Jokic has improved on defense very much this season as well but um Aaron Gordon's out there you know like guarding Damian Lillard when he was still healthy and uh you know basically actually I believe it was the defensive versatility ratings that were released from basketball index recently that Aaron Gordon is fifth in that metric where that means he guard he spends the most time guarding the most positions fifth most in the NBA so uh you're getting a lot of contributions you know from different guys and I think it's just kind of coming together now in a way that it wasn't early in the season, especially with all the rotating cast of characters and guys missing, you know, from health and safety pro protocols or injuries or stuff like that. So that that's one question mark about Michael Porter returning, you know, that mm -hmm. that's kind of, you know, he's been a weak link in that regard. Um, so how does that impact the defensive aspect of things remains to be seen, but, you know, I, I think, as a whole, they have found an identity and part of that is Cousins and um, it's coming together in ways that we didn't see early in the season. Joel, being in Japan, what time are these games on your time? Usually starting at either like 10, 11 in the morning or noon. Um, That's nice. So, yeah, uh, when I don't have to work, but I do miss a lot of games live because I have to work. <laughs> so uh, when I'm I have a pretty random and flexible schedule because I teach English at home in a couple community centers is my main job. So uh, 
I, I do have enough free time that I'm able to catch a fair number of games live. Um, but uh, yeah, in terms of the time zone difference, it actually is quite convenient. Um, yeah, it is convenient. So my, my other thing would be, can you bet out in Japan? Is it legal or it is legal in Japan to bet? It's legal and I do. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, <laughs> what do you my, bet? My, well, my biggest uh, one, my biggest success was last season. I bet 50 bucks on Nikola Jokic to win MVP, and that returned about 1,000. So uh, that was – I did pat myself on the back a little for that. Sure? I, I'm not like a – I probably put, you know, in the neighborhood of like five to 600 down on various preseason bets, you know, like yeah. over-unders and MVP, coach of the year, stuff like that. But I, I like, you know, for game-to-game uh, -game betting, I like just taking – kind of player uh, props. Like um, I do a lot of taking the overs on three pointers for Nuggets players. So like if you got 0 0.5 for Jeff Green or Jermichael Green, like that usually pays off, you know? Um, so, so that's kind of smallish. But the greens and three pointers is what is kind of standing out to you. If you can get 0 0.5. Um, okay. Because, you know, like I, I think both of them, generally make at least one three-pointer a game mm -hmm. so that's a pretty safe one um, but yeah I, i'm not like a, such an avid gambler like i see people talking about the sharps and stuff like that yeah. I, i'm i'm not like quite on that level to really understand the movement of the lines and all that kind of stuff but uh what, I enjoy else, it, what else can you bet on in japan like what's big to bet on in japan over here horse racing is one big thing yeah. um and betting on the j league which is the japanese professional soccer league they have like a gambling system for that and boat racing is another one um what yeah kind of like you know it's kind of like horse racing but it's boat racing um <laughs> I, I don't i don't do it i don't i've never watched it at all i don't understand it but um <laughs> It's terrific. one of those things. Hey, listen, man, you get another pandemic, and that's the only thing going on. We're all becoming boat racing experts. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Got to find some hobby. Hey, Locks Joel, down, huh? great hit. Make sure you uh, plug everything you're doing and your latest article and how they can find you on social media. Yeah, I would say just uh, like you said, Joel Rush NBA on Twitter. Um, and if you go there, like I link to all my stuff there. I write for Forbes. I have a page over at Forbes as well. Uh, and yeah, my last three were, actually my most recent was how Nikola Jokic is the most efficient uh, triple doubler in NBA history among the you know high volume guys. Um, not the most prolific, you know, that's uh, Russell Westbrook, but uh, the highest rate of games at a high true shooting percentage. So um, that the Austin Rivers, uh, his, uh, extension and you know getting signed to through the rest of the season i'm sorry i was uh, mistaken that with demarcus cousins his yes. getting signed through the rest of the season in the film study on that those would be the two that i would most say maybe check those out all right joel thank you so much for the time we're going to wrap up the thank denver, you yeah we're going to wrap up the denver city cast eric moody from espn is going to give us some nba uh, prop bets tonight. So that's next on the Denver City Cast, presented by Bet Rivers.
Bet River Sportsbook wants you to be in control of your football bets. That's why players love the same game parlays at Bet Rivers. Same game parlays let you mix and match player props and game bets and gives a payout boost to the winning combinations you want to root for. Combine two bets or combine many. You pick your confidence level and then watch the game unfold. Bet on same game parlays at Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers app or go to betrivers.com today. Must be 21 and located in Colorado. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 4700. Eric Moody, our guest here on the Denver City Cast, presented by Bet Rivers. Moody with ESPN. Got a chance to know him a little bit uh, in the fantasy football world. And he's big into NBA, big into fantasy NBA, betting NBA now. And he's doing columns with ESPN. Eric, welcome back to the show. My friend, what's going on in your world? A little NBA is getting crazy right now in the MVP race. John Morant's going on. So talk to me. What's on your mind today? Yeah, well, it's mainly mainly NBA. You know, it's like getting towards that, you know, the last portion of the season. You know, you've got teams that are positioning themselves, you know, for a playoff push. And so it's a lot of activity going on there. Really, for me, from like a content creation standpoint, uh, it's a lot that's going on with betting. You know, fantasy basketball is approaching the playoffs, and of course, you still have football out there. But overall, things are going really great. Uh, excited to see how this MVP race kind of comes down to the wire. I must admit, it is getting very, very intriguing. Yeah, because for the most part, it's been Jokic and Embiid. And the odds on favorite still, Embiid, he's at minus money now. Jokic has dropped well under 300. He's sitting around 250, plus 250. But now, DeMar DeRozan and John Morant have entered the conversation at long odds. What do you think the chances are that these two guys are at least legitimately in the mix six weeks from now? Yeah, I would say the... I would say my, my choice for someone that would still be kind of in the mix, as you put it, uh, looking down the road, would be John Morant. And, uh, and I would say about a month or so ago, looking at his odds, I'm like, he was one of my favorite long shots to close the gap. And then if you look at some of these other players that are slightly underperforming, you know, the Grizzlies are still playing well as a team. John Morant's statistical performance has still been there. So he's closed the gap considerably. And so I think he's someone that we'll still be talking about as we uh, close out the season. You know, depending on how things go, he could run away with it. John Moran could run away with it? I, I, think, I think it's possible, but it really comes down to how some of these other players perform. Again, I'm not saying it's going to happen. It's more so a long shot. I still like Embiid quite a bit, but I just like seeing the underdog, you know, kind of close the, you know, close the gap and I would say make the, uh, the top contender sweat. <laughs> you hurt my feelings. You just don't give any respect to Nikola Jokic, the best player in the world. It, it drives me nuts, Moody. None of you guys want to give Nikola Jokic any respect at all. Why? Why do you hate Nikola Jokic? And I know you really don't. But why Embiid over <laughs> Jokic? Is why Embiid over Jokic, please? Well, it's, it's one of these things because I, like, uh, I do like Joker quite a bit. You know, he, he's a, you know, one, one of the best centers, you know, of all time. Uh, I would say the biggest thing is perception because you've got – you know, Philadelphia, you know, they have a lot of positive momentum, you know, whether it's with their record, but also uh, just with, you know, James Harden coming on, you know, and Bede's been playing well. And, and sometimes people, they, they kind of they go off of that, you know, where they look at, oh, man, they're talking a lot about this guy in the media, James Harden's there. You know, that's a quote-unquote sexy pick. You know, I'm going to go with Embiid. So I think that's something that Embiid has that Jokic does not. But I have liked to, you know, I've, I've liked how the Nuggets – how they've improved their records. I think that was the biggest opportunity for them with the way that Jokic was playing was with their record. 
So they have improved that. But again, I think it's Embiid's race to lose. Okay. I hope he loses too, because I've got a lot invested in Nikola Jokic, the best player in the world. Okay. Um, let's move on from that. And you're doing betting columns now, aren't you with ESPN? What are you doing over there? Yeah, I've got a number of uh, fantasy basketball columns that come out each week, but we also have like a betting column. It's, a, it's essentially like a cheat sheet for betting where you're going to have a lot of different uh, statistics, advanced metrics, and picks uh, for every single game uh, on, on the weekday slate. You know, we're talking about expanding it into the weekend, but Monday through Friday, that's your one-stop shop if you're looking to make some bets. Okay, so we got Kyle Kuzma, we got Luca, we got Trey Young, and Steph Curry. Those are the players we're going to discuss here. What do you like about Kyle Kuzma tonight? Yeah, I like Kuzma quite a bit. Uh, he's really stepped up since Bradley Beal's uh, wrist injury ultimately ended the season. Look at Kuzma. He scored 30 or more points in his last two games. And he's averaged 21 points, 8.8 rebounds, 4.3 uh, like assists per game you know, during the month of uh, February. He's been superb. You know, he's got a pretty high usage rate, too. You know, 27.2%. You look at the, the matchup. You know, the Pistons ranked 25th in points allowed per 100 possessions while giving up a high percentage of offensive rebounds to opponents. So I think Kuzma is going to feast against them. Mm, all right, let's move on to the next one. Luka Doncic. What do you like about Luka tonight? Or not like? I don't oh. know which way you're going. Yeah, with, with, with Luka, you know, I'm going the, the over. If you look at total points, assists, and rebounds, uh, kind of same thing with Kuzma, too. If you look at uh, – over, I think it's 35.5 total points, assists, and rebounds for him. One thing with Luca, you know, on the outside looking in, you're like, okay, wow, 50.5. That's a pretty high number. But you look at in February, like Luca's average, you know, 34.7 points, 10.3 rebounds, and 8.8 assists per game has had a really high usage rate of around 42%. You know, Luca, you know, he should thrive against the Lakers. You know, they struggled defensively, you know, all season, and particularly against point guards. Like in three games against the Lakers from 2020 to 2021, um, you know, Luca's average, you know, 25 points, 9.3 assists, and, and seven rebounds. So essentially over his last three games, getting my time periods mixed up, but over his last three games, he's performed phenomenal. So I think he'll go over uh, on that prop bet tonight. Okay, so we got Kuzma and Luca out there. Trey Young, is it an under or an overnight for Trey Young? Trey Young, I believe, will be an under. So he's at, you know, I go off of uh, Caesar's odds, you know, 40.5 total points, assists, rebounds. Uh, you look at Young, uh, I'm like, he's performed pretty well, like against the Celtics, if you look over the last two seasons. I would say with this season, which is different, like with Boston, uh, you know, they rank second in points allowed per possession uh, this year, you know, per 100 possessions. Uh, they do allow opponents like an effective field goal percentage of 50.2%. Uh, that's the top in the league. So I think that Young will have a hard time, you know, against the Celtics defense. He's a great player. He's going to get his. I just don't think it's going to be over 40.5. Okay. How about Steph Curry? I know a good friend of mine that said, hey, you want to make a bet? Bet on Steph Curry. And then I said, you know what? I'm in Florida. I'm with my family for a couple of days and uh, I can't make a bet. So that is unfortunate because Florida is the worst place in the history of the world and you can't bet here. So uh, for those that are in the Denver and Colorado area or around the world where it's legal, talk to me. What about uh, Steph tonight? Yeah, I like Steph Curry. I know we talked a lot about him over the past couple of months with the shooting slump and everything that's going on there. But you know, if you look at February, you know, as a month, uh, he's averaged 24 points, 7.7 .7 assists, and 4.2 rebounds per game. I do like the over with Curry, over 39.5 total points, assists, and rebounds. You look at the Timberwolves. You know, they're the worst team in the league when it comes to 
uh, opponent offensive rebounding. So Curry and the Warriors should be able to benefit from that, you know, with those additional shot attempts. So you know what happens if Steph gets uh, some really good looks. So it's just bad things are going to happen. So I do like the over there. Can you talk with us about your process? Like, where do you start with this? You look at all the lines for the players. Where does your process of finding these props start and then maybe take us down the rabbit hole and how it ends up in your bank account after you win this money? <laughs> no, I can do that. Yeah, I would say, uh, first of all, I kind of like to take like a 60,000 foot view. You know, I like to look uh, at the slate itself, you know, which teams are playing, but also look at those teams uh, at 60,000 feet as well. You know, I like to look at like from a possession standpoint, you know, per 100 possessions, you know, how many, how many points do these teams score? How many points do they allow? I like to look to see, uh, you know, how they perform, you know, like in transition, putbacks, and then really to see where the points are coming from. So that's kind of like an, uh, give, give everyone a glimpse of uh, what I like to look at at that 60,000 foot level. Then from there, I like to look a little bit deeper at each player, you know, how they're performing, how they're shooting, you know, how many minutes are they getting? What's their usage look like? That's really important to me. Like how many different ways can a player positively uh, impact the game? And then once I look at that, I like to look at uh, trends. Uh, I like to look at season-long trends, but then look at it like on a um, like monthly trends, but also whether it's like weekly or if I even look at like the last five games, you know, 10 games. So I like to kind of look at it from that view and then kind of narrow that down to which pits and, uh, picks and bets, uh, you know, that I do like. I think the line, you know, plays a bit, you know, quite a bit as well for where if it's like a high line, like that Luka line, like, if, you know, 50 plus, you know, points if you're looking at, uh, assists, you know, uh, uh, points and rebounds, but I also like to look at like their opponent too, just to see what other big performances from that specific position, you know, has that respective team given up. So I kind of combine all those different things together, kind of look at it like this, you know, have, you know, on a sheet of paper, you got your pros and your cons, and then really just to see, you know, if the pros that way the cons and make the pick from there, whether I'm going over or under. Hopefully that gives some insight. I was kind of bouncing around a little bit, but hopefully that paints a picture for everyone that's listening. No, I, and I think there's still a lot of new betters. There's so many new betters. The market has barely been tapped in so many different yeah. markets that getting getting any kind of information from a sharp guy like you is going to help everybody. So the last thing would be you and I were introduced during the NFL seasons uh, a couple of years ago, and maybe even three years ago, and we were talking NFL, and – you had a video of Nick Chubb. I think he was squatting 495 pounds, right? Now, yeah. and it just got me thinking. I'm like, oh, Moody and I talk some football, man. What are, you, um, what are you focusing on right now with the NFL? Are you even paying attention yet? Because for me, the combine's fun. It's not something I'm going to report on this and that and this and that. Basically, outside of Kyler Murray, Russell Wilson, and Aaron Rodgers, uh, there's not as much going on right now. Just want to get your thoughts. What's going on in the NFL? What are you following right now? Or is it all NBA all the time? Yeah, I would say the NBA does take up like a high percentage of my time. But with football, you know, you obviously want to follow uh, the news. So news flow, things that are happening out there, like you mentioned Kyler Murray with his uh, very long-winded, uh, whatever that was out there. I haven't read it word for word, but I think it's funny that it's that big statement. But anyway, I digress. So uh, you want to keep track of, obviously, the news. So I'll do that. But it also gives me an opportunity, too, to look back at uh, some of the performances of players and really to look at their season overall, uh, you know, what worked well, what didn't work well, and really get an idea from looking at film on what a player can do and what they cannot do. But then I'm more focused right now, obviously, on free agency. I know everyone gets enamored by the rookie class that's coming in and, you know, looking at, you know, combine numbers and, you know, film of these players and 
and everything there. That stuff's great, but ultimately their success or failure, whether you're looking at from a betting lens or a fantasy lens, really comes down to their landing spot. So again, I want to understand what that player can do and what they cannot do, but I'm going to get really more intrigued for when I see what their, where their landing spot is. But I would say for right now, my biggest priority NFL-wise is free agency. Because to be candid, that's really my favorite part of the year. I prefer free agency to the draft. I know that may be a, uh, a shocking uh, revelation it to is. some, but I just love free agency, seeing where some of these guys are going to land and where they can make an immediate impact. Uh, I'll be betting the hell out of the draft. I can't wait for that. Moody, uh, you're going to start making weekly appearances here. Uh, I'm going to get you on the show when I'm on the mothership and VEASAN as well. So looking forward to doing that. Looking forward to having you on a whole bunch, talk some NBA, and then football season comes around. We'll obviously do that too. Why don't you plug everything, Twitter handle, where they can find your work, et cetera. No, will do. Yeah, you can find me on Twitter at Eric N. Moody. And essentially anywhere on the internet, uh, social media-wise, that is typically my handle, Eric N. Moody. The N stands for Nicholas, which is my middle name. I think Eric Moody is taken by a lot of places since it's a pilot, I think a British pilot that uh, uh, averted a plane from disaster. So he's obviously going to get priority over me on that with saving all those people. Uh, that was back like in the eighties, I believe. And the reason I tell everyone that story is because when I was looking at the handles, I'm like, wow, Eric Moody handles taken shop. But anyway, that's the story. As far as content on uh, audio, you know, video and written content, everything is at uh, ESPN. You know, I've got a betting column uh, that's over there uh, for, for basketball, you know, fantasy basketball columns. And I also do, NFL betting and fantasy football columns. You can find everything there. But I encourage everyone that's listening, reach out on Twitter, follow me. I engage quite a bit with my followers there. Looking forward to it. Big fan of Eric Moody. Moody, thanks for hopping on. I want to thank all our listeners today. I uh, want to thank Joel Rush from Forbes for talking a little nuggets with me too. Hope you enjoyed the Front Range 4 and the four biggest stories on the Front Range for Moody and Joel Rush and our producer, Stephen. Follow me on Twitter at Holden Radio, and thanks for checking out the Denver CityCast presented by Bet Rivers. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff, are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddie? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one -on -one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.